To those of you listening to us on the internet and to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday in Lent is the first reading, the Old Testament reading for this day, recorded in Genesis chapter 12. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. The Lord said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. I'm going to give this land to your descendants. Through you, every family on earth will be blessed. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who lived, died, and lives again, my beloved. When preparing my sermon this uh, past week for today, uh, somehow the memory of my grandfather, my great-grandfather, came into my mind. Uh, He lived uh, in the middle of the block. We lived at the end of the block in the inner city of Milwaukee. And um, he had a nice uh, front porch screened in. And I remember a lot of times I would uh, be walking by home from school, and he'd say, Come on in for some candy and let's talk. My grandpa, my great-grandpa. What do you call your grandpa? Grandfather, granddad, opa. Today we want to talk about not my grandpa or your grandpa. We want to talk about our grandpa. Father Abraham. St. Paul says in in, uh, Romans, he says uh, that uh, Abraham had the very same faith that we do. Therefore, he says, he is the father of every believer. Abraham is so very important because after Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden, God made a promise. He said to Satan, I will make your descendants and her descendant hostile to one another. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. The time that uh, Abraham walked the earth, that promise of God hadn't been fulfilled. In fact, it was 2,000 years in the past. 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years B.C., 500 years after uh, Noah experienced the universal flood, God began to put that very specific plan that he gave to Adam and Eve into effect by which he would save the world from the punishment of sin. God chose one man to initiate that plan. That man was Opa, Grandpa Abraham. It's kind of interesting that in the very first uh, view that you see of Abraham, once again you see God's grace. Because it says that Abraham, living in the Ur of the Chaldees out out there in Mesopotamia, was worshiping false gods. He didn't know the true God. The true God now was calling him. God gave promises to Abraham that he was going to give him three really big gifts. And all he wanted Abraham to do was believe his promises because Abraham would never live to see those gifts.
Our Lord Jesus Christ once told his disciples, we'll be seeing that again this coming Easter season, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So let's take a look at Grandpa Abraham today and be encouraged to follow in his footsteps of faith. First of all, Abraham believed that God would take care of him. Then he believed that his descendants would eventually be a great nation. Then he believed that God would give him a large portion of real estate over there in Israel. And he believed that salvation would come through his descendant. Abraham believed that God would take care of him. He told him to leave his hometown, all of his relatives behind. He wasn't coming back. He didn't know where he was going. He was going to have to trust the Lord to take him to a promised land. I mean, did you ever think of what that must be like? I mean, putting it in words of today, just what, what would happen if uh, two men in a truck pulled up in front of your house and they said, we're starting to load you up because we're taking you someplace you don't know about. We're taking all, take all your possessions that you possibly can. I'm going to take you to a better place, but I'm not going to tell you where you're going right now. You're going to have to trust me. I mean, what would you think? God told Abraham, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. I will take care of you. Trust me. So what did Abraham do? He left. Sometimes our lives are filled with a whole lot of question marks. Where is God leading me? Where am I going? And how is this part of my life going to turn out? I reviewed once again, you know, the top stressors that can come into our lives that make life very stressful. Death of a spouse or a family member, a divorce, death of a close friend, legal separation from a spouse, job loss, starting a new job, major injury, marriage, scheduled surgery, change in a family member's health, serious trouble at work, moving or changing of schools. Stressors of your life, you know, and then, of course, we bring more stress onto ourselves, wondering and stressing ourselves, when is one of these stresses going to come into our life? God tells us, hey, I'll take care of you. I look up toward the mountains. Where can I find help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. Your guardian will not fall asleep. God promised Abraham that he would take care of him, even though he didn't know where he was going. But the first one of the big three promises, Abraham, God told Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. In fact, I'm going to make your descendants more numerous than all the stars in the sky. Only one problem. Abraham didn't have any children. And he was 75 years old. And his wife was 65 years old. But behold, miracle of miracles, at the age of 100, with his wife being 90, Abraham becomes not grandpa, but a father. It's a boy. God named, uh, uh, Abraham named him Isaac. 
and with the one son by his wife, Sarah, that's all that he ever knew about becoming a great nation because he died with only that one son from Sarah. But 500 years later, the descendants of Abraham grew into two hundred and uh, two and a half million strong down there in Egypt who had to be led out by the hand of Moses. God kept his promise, and that was only the start. Because God also told Abraham, I'm going to give you this land here that I moved you to, the land of Haran. Problem was, Abraham did not own one square inch of real estate. In fact, when his wife died, he had to spend some money to buy a little plot so he could bury her. Never owned any land during his lifetime. Always was a nomad, living in tents with sand in his shoes every day. But God kept his promise. 500 years later, the descendants of Isaac became two and a half million strong. They made their way through the wilderness after 40 years. They crossed the Jordan River into Jericho. The walls fell down, and it became the kingdom of Israel. I think every once in a while, you and I are a whole lot like Abraham. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us, Faith led Abraham to live as a foreigner in the country that God had promised him. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. All these people died having faith. They didn't receive the things that God had promised them, but they saw these things coming in the distant future and rejoiced. They acknowledged that they were living as strangers with no permanent home on earth. Sometimes I think God goes way out of his way to remind us that this place is not our permanent home. Economic upheaval, political unrest locally and nationally, war in the Middle East, Iran constructing their nuclear reactors. It's not permanent. It doesn't last. God reminds us each and every day that this is not our real home. We're just passing through. No permanent comforts here. You know, I really think that there is so much frustration in the world is because people are trying to find permanent happiness in a place that doesn't last and it doesn't work. It's fleeting. It's futile. Sometimes we like to think, you know, work really hard, and then we get things perfect, and boy, then everything will be okay. It doesn't last. I remember back to uh, when my kids were real small. And, uh, you know, they messed up the car. I mean, there were fruit Loops on the floor, you know, all a mess, the crumbs. And so every once in a while, I'd take a whole day to clean the car inside and out. It was totally immaculate. I did all the detailing. And I brought the kids, and I said, now look at it. See the car? That's the way it's going to stay from now on. Not so. God asks us to trust in his promises that he has a permanent mansion reserved for us that we do not deserve. And the mortgage is all paid off already by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's an all-inclusive food and drink. You'll never hunger or thirst again. And that will be your permanent home. 
And so God encourages us, as you heard me say before from this pulpit, to continue to be so homesick for a place we've never been. Like Abraham, God asks us, are all of you ready to leave at God's call to go home to the promised land? And the answer is yes. Because just like told, Jesus told Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the snake on a pole in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Then everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God loved the world this way. He gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not die but have eternal life. The last and the greatest promise, although not in chronological order, but the last and greatest promise that God gave to Abraham was when he told him, through you, every family on earth will be blessed. St. Paul interprets that for us in Galatians when he says, you must understand that people who have faith are Abraham's descendants. Scripture saw ahead of time that God would give his approval to non-Jewish people who have faith. So Scripture announced the good news to Abraham ahead of time when it said, through you, all the people of the world will be blessed. So people who believe are blessed together with Abraham, the man of faith. From Abraham's descendants, finally, one descendant came, Jesus Christ, who would crush the head of the devil. Jesus is the Savior of all. Just think about it. Another one of the promises that Abraham never lived to see, never saw the Messiah, never knew what he looked like. But he believed the promise. You and I, just think about it. We have the privilege of living after the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I know we never saw him. But but we believe what history has told us in Holy Scripture. We look back and we see that God did keep his promise and send a rescuer. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Born not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Born to serve. One time he served 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. One time he served his disciples by washing their feet. One time he served the Passover meal when he broke the bread. One time he served breakfast to his disciples on the shores of the Sea of Galilee after he rose from the dead. He also served our sentence on the cross so he could serve us today his very own body and blood in the sacrament for forgiveness that we so desperately need for so many times doubting God's promises. Grandpa, granddad, opa, grandfather, Abraham, your grandfather and mine. Just think of that. He's family. So we're family. The family of believers in the promises of God. Promises completed and fulfilled by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom one day we will see face to face. And that's a promise. Amen. Please stand.
The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. (laughs) 